Fearscape Media Network, exploring the unknown, one podcast at a time. Hey everybody, Stefan here. This episode is sponsored by the great folks over at Box Mountain. Box Mountain is a subscription box service that has my favorite sub box yet, the Cryptid Crate. You see, Josh got one of these for his birthday, and I was super jealous because it was packed full of merchandise pertaining to cryptids. The box he received first was all about the Flatwoods Monster, which of course is one of our favorites. And it had a t-shirt, a book, a patch, mug, and some awesome stickers. So I checked out the price to get one for myself, and let me tell you, it is well worth the value. These make excellent gifts for yourself or even friends that are cryptid lovers as well. Now, if you use the coupon code FEARSCAPE, you will get 25% off the first month for any new subscription or 10% off individual purchases. So go ahead and head on over to FearscapePodcast.com slash CryptidCrate now and get yourself one today. Hello. I'm so glad you could join us. I hope you brought your blanket to hide under. The spooky crew is going to discuss things and events from other realms. Ghosts. Cryptids. Aliens. Be sure to hold your blanket extra tight as the boys take you deep. Into the fear scale, fear scale, fear scale. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the very first episode of 2021 of Fearscape Paranormal Podcast here on the Fearscape Media Network. Thank you guys for joining us uh, and, and just, you know, surviving the holidays and coming back to us in 2021. My name is Stefan Gearhart. I'm your host, and I am joined, as always, by the New Year's baby himself, Josh Rutledge. What is up, co-host of The Most Host? <laughs> Thanks, man. I, I appreciate it. I, you know, I went, I went ahead and forego the, uh, the diaper this year though. Oh, that's uh, probably good. You should, you, you've learned yeah. how to flush by at this point. So, I mean, it, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I moved on from cat box, so. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I'm excited, man. I'm so glad to be here at 2021. Not only just you know because what? 2020 was a dumpster fire, but just you know, because I mean, I, Go ahead. I'm excited. Yeah. No, I mean, 2021, don't get me wrong. The first couple months of 2021 are still going to suck. They're going to feel like mm-hmm. 2020. Like yeah. people are going to be like, are we sure it's 2021? But I have good feelings about 2021. Like, I feel like this is the year where stuff, the good stuff is going to happen. Like, yeah. Just, I, I- you know. I'm very excited. My my sister, who's a nurse, uh, just recently got the uh, COVID uh, vaccine. Um, so that's exciting. She had no reactions to it, nothing. I mean, she's jamming. She said she had a little bit of pain in her arm like you would get like on yeah. a tetanus shot, yeah. and that's it. Like she's you know, jamming. I am, I am so looking forward to the vaccine. Now, I won't get it for a long time because I'm not high risk and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But my mom is higher yeah. risk and um and as soon as she gets it 
I am so excited because then my kids can go and stay at her house <laughs> for like a couple of days. You know, I mean, she's already talking about it. She's already like, as soon as I get the vaccine, the girls can come over. So, um, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I know I have some issues, so I know I'll be a little further up the line. Um, but, yeah, I'm just excited to, you know, see the eventual world get back to a little bit of normalcy and also see how we've evolved and what stays changed. So that'll be very, very yeah. interesting. Um, but one cool thing is, is we have a very, very special guest today, uh, getting spooky with Kyle Cadell of the International Paranormal Museum and Research Center, uh, as seen in Hellier. Uh, this is down in Somerset, Kentucky, where my good friend Mary Taylor lives. And uh, I had an, uh, I actually had uh, the opportunity to go down there. Uh, and even though they were closed through COVID, he let me and Santosh and Mary Taylor take a kind of, you know, a free kind of tour through there. Uh, he was really, really cool. We got to talk to him for a little bit and uh, he agreed to come on the show um, after the holidays were over. So I'm very, very excited uh, to for everyone to hear this wonderful interview with Kyle because he's just one hell of a guy, man. Well, in talking about, you know, uh, everything with, with Hellier and 2021, mm -hmm. uh, 21, 21 adds up to three. Three. Oh, I didn't number. Even think about that. Bringing it back around. <laughs> and it looks like the Hellier folks got some new projects coming up that's not Hellier, but I know they've been out west quite a bit in my neck, new neck of the woods out here working on some new projects and uh, you know, Connor said some stuff's on the wire. You know, the Newkirks have been dropping some hints on the wire. So I'm pretty excited to see what they have to come out because, uh, you know, it, it's not just Hellier that I'm interested in. It's these, this cast and yeah. crew. I mean, if they put the same amount of passion into whatever they do they put into hellier it's going to be great it's going to be great episode yep. series whatever so yeah I, I absolutely cannot wait and i can't wait for everyone to see what we have lined up for 2021 because good lord we have some stuff in the pipeline yeah. that's going to be <laughs> insane dude i just i i don't want to spoil it because i don't want anything to go wrong i'm walking on eggshells here 2021 <laughs> <laughs> But just but, know, Blanket Huggers, we have some really exciting guests lined up for, you know, these next couple months into the year and some hopefuls and some cool topics. It's going to be a yeah. bomb diggity of a year. Yeah. Going to be a great year. So, yeah. But and before we get into 2021. Yeah. We got to get into our segmentes. <laughs> that's Spanish for something else that's not segments. I don't know what, but uh, no. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, let's get into our first segment, uh, which is one of my favorites, of course, which is the psychic word of the week. And now, the psychic word of the week. The psychic word of the week comes from the Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary by June G. Bletzer, Ph.D. This comes from the 1980s, and it's the bomb diggity. Rest in peace, honey bear, wherever you are. Um, but I flipped through the book, and I landed on page 417, which was the letter M. And I looked down, and the phrase that popped up first in my eyesight was mystic ring. Hmm. And so okay. immediately I was like, oh, is that like the, a bell toll? But no, it's like a like a wedding ring. You'll see. So okay. mystic ring. 
<laughs> says a fleshly ring on the ring finger of the right hand appearing spontaneously overnight recognized to designate the betrothal of Jesus Christ to the individual occurs to individuals who have religious hysteria or hope or who go through a highly emotional state pertaining to the church. I think we also called that true love waits when we were Baptists. Yeah, I was about to say, it sounds like true love waits. <laughs> Except for like Jesus himself draws a ring on you and it burns into your hand is what it looks like. I've actually think I've heard of this before. So, Well, it's uh, I've seen people who um, who get the wedding ring tattooed. Yes, I've seen like, that Have you as seen well. that? You know, so instead of having to wear a ring all the time, they just got a permanent tattoo ring. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually, you know, if I could stand the pain, uh, <laughs> I've thought about doing that because because um, my fingers like constantly like swell and then shrink all the time. Mm-hmm. And so when they swell, my ring gets too tight and almost doesn't come off my hand. And then when they shrink, it's like it falls off. So it's like I don't know, you know. I need I need a I need like a magic ring that just you know kind of expands and contracts with my body, which is what a tattoo is. Mm-hmm. So. You know what's funny is you know this is a phenomenon that's a, a Christian phenomenon, but I'm sure it's existed in other religions as well. But you know as well as I do that if something like this happened back during like uh salem and stuff like that they'd be like she's a witch it's she made a pact with the devil she has married the devil um you know because you know especially if they were like allergic to gold and didn't know it and so they got like hives around their fingers so they keep the ring up but they ring it i bet you so many women like had what what's the thing with uh, i remember like it was a thing back in i don't know i guess it still happens if you get your ears pierced and it turns green because you're allergic to silver yeah, or uh, I think it's gold. Or nickel. I, or maybe, I don't know. Is it gold? Yeah, I, I think it can turn green A um, if you're allergic, but I, I think it's also it's like if it's like a cheap gold like uh, um, or fake gold, it can turn your turn your ear green. But so, anyway. so real quick, just because, you know, we're on the whole topic of, of Hellier and, and, and numbers and stuff right now, you went to page 417, 4 plus 1 plus 7 equals 12, which resolves down to 3. Bump, bump. Bum. Bum. <laughs> one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's like that. Uh, I think we've mentioned this a hundred times, but that Jim Carrey movie, the number 23. I mean, if yeah, you want exactly. to see it everywhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you, Junji Bledsoe. I think that's just her trying to say that, hey, I'll give you a ring if you let me marry you. So we had way back in the early days of Fearscape when Kelly was doing spooky news back in the day. She actually uh, brought us a story about someone who had married a ghost. That was really. <laughs> it's actually, it. we talked about that. Uh, me, you and Keith Age, I think, mm-hmm. uh, talked about that whole thing where where people No, it was just me and you with a news story. And we, and we mentioned Keith Age, but mm-hmm. it was a spooky news story where they talked about uh, people in Japan. I think it was. Oh, yeah. Very, Marrying ghosts. Yeah, yeah. That 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 makes more sense. This lady was just a cuckoo bird. He was apparently a pirate ship captain, and so she went out to the middle of the ocean and had a like a, a pirate wedding. Oh, okay. And later on, we found out that they got divorced. So. <laughs> Not even. Well, <laughs> well, she took she took half his treasure, so it's, it's I, all worth I it. I think I think she was cheating on him with another ghost. 
I don't remember. It's been a long time. Um, but anyways, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, <laughs> talking about news. Let's go ahead and move right into some spooky news. All right. Uh, this spooky news I chose uh, <laughs> because we've got Kyle coming on. He's a big cryptid follower. Um, so this uh, this comes from England from a newspaper called Surrey Live. So getsurrey.co.uk. Uh, the uh, let's see here. The headline reads: Athlete and author claims he saw six foot ape man like Bigfoot at Box Hill. So uh, says a man has said he felt like he was being watched in a chilling encounter with what he claims was a Bigfoot type beast in Surrey. Andy McGrath, an amateur athlete who also happens to have written a book about cryptozoology called Beasts of Britain, was training in Box Hill when he believed to have seen a six-foot ape man. The supposed chilling encounter happened, he says, when he was having a rest period on some steps, which was after he heard wood knocking. He said he felt he was being watched after hearing footsteps and breathing and later turned to find the beast staring back at him. He said even as it walked away, he could smell a lingering stale farm animal stench. He told the Daily Star, he said, during my training session, I heard wood knocking. I can't say how many knocks because at the time my focus was on training and I didn't know that the wood knocks had become linked to what I was about to see. I just remember thinking to myself, what's that noise? Uh, as it was loud but distant and seemed to come from several directions. A good 25 minutes of resting on some steps with a recovery drink passed before he heard the noise get closer and he first dismissed it as a dog walker. He continued on saying it was still daylight and I could hear footsteps coming down the hill. I, I didn't look around at this point as I was sat to the side out of the way and expecting a dog walker to go by. I then realized that the person walking down the stairs had stopped. I could hear breathing and I had an unsettling feeling that I was being watched. He went on to say, I turned and looked over my right shoulder and there stood about 10 meters back to my right hand side and up the steps was what I honestly believe is some sort of ape. Its fur was brown color with patches of gray. The face was very human like with a flat nose, but the jaw was big. It looked out of proportion to the head and the head was domed at top. The animal stood on two legs, but appeared to slump forward and the arms were long in proportion to the body. Andy added, the animal was very thick built. I can only say solid muscle. It was frightening to build. Uh, it was frightening the build of this thing. I'm not sure the height from the angle I was at. I can only estimate six feet plus, but I'm not sure. The animal stood staring at me for 30 seconds before turning around and simply walking off, but still watching me. As it left, I could smell that animal type farm smell stench, which just lingered. Now, uh, a little bit of last thing here. Andy admits that people might find it hard to believe his claims. He says what most people find hard to fathom, of course, is how such an animal could escape detection in a land such as ours that is ostensibly one of the most thoroughly explored in the world. And to that, I would say simply that it is difficult to discover something you are not seeking to find. And as a researcher, he admits that he used to laugh at the idea of Britain being home to such creatures, but now thinks reports such as the Box Hill Ape Man should be taken seriously. Uh, the Beast of Britain author followed up on the report from summer 2012 and investigated the scene where an unknown creature allegedly approached a member of the public. So, um, you know, 
yeah something we talked about when uh, when ken gerhardt was on mm-hmm. you know about how all these different uh, like everywhere you go somebody has some story about a sasquatch type creature mm-hmm. they call it something else like it's not mm-hmm. called bigfoot or sasquatch or something too it's afraid something to else yeah Right. But I mean, but they all have a story like it. So, you know, Sasquatch is not uh, a North America thing and Yeti is not a a Mongolian thing. You know, they all kind of live all over the globe, so to speak, um, or in the globe and uh, it it exists everywhere. I I was reading a story uh, recently and I can't recall where it was. I'll have to look it up. But it was uh, science. They said scientists have figured out that uh, Yeti DNA has polar bear DNA mixed in with it. Hmm. So that struck me as odd because a that means that they have DNA that they have collected, you know, to be Yeti, uh. and, then, and then secondly that it mixed it has some polar bear, which goes against the idea that it's a hominid, right? Yeah. Um, essentially, from what I've gathered, because the the article seems kind of backwards and forwards because originally when i first read this um it seemed as if this was kind of new news and i thought that it was odd that a guy that writes a cryptozoology book um doesn't know to listen for the knocks and doesn't know but then as you read you realize he's recounting um something that happened to him years ago which is what led him on his journey Ah. to discover cryptids uh within england so um, it's very, very interesting, um, but I've, I found this on a couple websites, uh, and I guess so maybe he's promoting his website or his book or something yeah. now, but he's been so, all over the place. So it's like when we have a guest on and we ask, you know, kind of the first question, how did you get into doing what mm-hmm. you're doing? That's basically somebody asked him that question, and so they wrote an article about how he got started. Exactly, exactly. But still very, very cool because, I mean, England is not somewhere you think, oh, Sasquatch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. It isn't, but it also, you know, we talked about it um, once before. I can't remember. Oh, I know it was in the. Uh, we talked about it a little bit. I think in astral in our astral stew episode mm-hmm. on on YouTube uh, about how um, how England has so much stuff going on. Like, just it seems to be almost like a Bermuda Triangle of activity uh, mm-hmm. for that part of the world. Well, so. and they have so many haunted forests. I mean, you know, Sherwood Forest yeah. is one of the most haunted. Um, the Hearn's Hunter is is a topic that I have listed for us to cover sometime. There's another woodsy area that they believe is haunted yeah. by Hearn the Hunter, and and just things that it could yeah. be just you know some Sasquatch or some dog. Right. Man. I don't know. Or you know. Alien. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of aliens um, Or so, ultra-terrestrials Or ultra-terrestrials, yeah So uh, let's go ahead and move to our UAP sighting of the week Alright Josh, what unidentified aerial phenomenon sighting of the week do we have this week? So this comes to us from Brad Pequeno, and I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing your mm-hmm. last name incorrectly. Uh, this is from, this happened in Maryland. Uh, this is actually back uh, on July 5th at 7.45 p.m., uh, just about 30 miles north of Baltimore. No, so, so about a, the go. day after I saw mine. Yeah, exactly. It was just, you know, he saw it later, so. 
<laughs> right. It was, um, it was heading towards Baltimore. That's where it was going. While driving across the Conowingo Dam, headed southbound, I noticed the metallic cylinder at first. I thought it a plane because of the light it gave off, assuming it was the sun. But then the object just hovered around 300 feet off the water. It was at this point I yelled, what the hell is that? My oldest son, who's 18, replied back, I've never seen anything like that before. He was in the driver's side rear seat. All of this transpired over maybe two minutes. The object seemed to change shape almost as if phasing out of sight. There was something about the way it vanished that I can't stop thinking about. It was almost as if it left this reality or dimension. Full disclosure, I've recently been trying to get into meditation and find my spirit animal. I don't know why I'm sharing that, but for some reason I feel it's important to the story. Well, very interesting that he mentions meditation because, yeah. you know, talking about Dr. Stephen Greer Dr. and Greer, the yeah. I've experienced and all that, it's all about meditation. So he may have connected and not realized it. Not and realized it's it. very interesting because you just wait till I tell you my creepy ketchup because it's very ironic. But <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm just very fascinated by that, looking more and more into that meditation aspect of, of yeah. uh, not not confrontation what's the word i'm looking for <laughs> exploration no just connection to connection okay yeah, or communion i guess um but yeah thank you uh, i believe that was uh one of the stories we solicited a few months back on the web page or the facebook page trying to ask our listeners if they had uh is that correct that is correct. Yeah. So thank you very much uh, for A, being a listener and, and B, being brave enough to send in your story. Um, and I think you'll find it very interesting, my creepy ketchup. So uh, if you're ready, Josh, we can just hop right into that. Let's hop into it. Creepy ketchup. Creepy ketchup. Creepy ketchup. Creepy ketchup. Y'all, it's creepy. All right. Do you want me to go first? Do you have anything this week, Josh? I do have some stuff this week, but you can go first. Okay. Um, so I have two things. Um, so over the holidays, uh, I was over at my brother and my sister-in-law's house um, for Christmas Eve, a very small gathering. And I was standing in the kitchen, and uh, out of the corner of my eye, um, I see someone sitting at the table. And I thought that was weird because everyone was in the living room. And then I see it get up and move. So my immediate thought was, must have been a cat. And then I'm like, he doesn't have a cat. And then I was like, well, must have been the dog. Well, then the dog comes into the kitchen. And I was like, okay, wasn't the dog. And I thought it looked like a full figure. Um, so I thought that was very, very interesting. Mm. And of course, I'm telling my sister-in-law and I'm like, I just saw this blah blah because she, you know, she loves ghosts and stuff. And she's like, I've never felt anything here. I was like, that doesn't mean that it's a haunted home. It could have followed any one of us here. It could have been, yeah. you know, one of our relatives or anything like that that just joined us for this Christmas Eve. Um, but yeah, I definitely saw a human-sized figure sitting down at the chair and then get up and just move away. So <laughs> it was good. Very cool. It was, you know, like I said, I didn't feel anything weird. Um, I didn't feel any danger or anything like that. But yeah, I definitely saw that. Um, but the 
big one, and I haven't even told you about this yet personally because I wanted to wait. Um, the other night, so I guess a night or two ago, definitely wasn't last night, so maybe Sunday night um, or Saturday night, um, I was out walking my dog and I was stargazing as I normally do. Yep. And um, I look up and I see uh, my very, very first triangle UFO. <laughs> Wow. It was pretty big. Um, it's like if you were to make a, a triangle out of your forefingers and your thumbs, like or your pointer fingers and your thumbs, that's how big it was looked to me up in the sky. Um, and it was kind of moving, and I'm like, okay, this is kind of weird. Is the satellites just close together? Was it like a black shape, or did it actually have the three dots? Like Three, three? dots. Okay. Three dots. So that, all I could see were the three dots at first. So all I can see are the three dots, and it's moving. And I'm like, it's nighttime in the city. I mean, it's like, I, I haven't looked to see if anybody else has seen anything or not. But, um, but it was moving, and it went across like to where a star was. And I was like, here's where it's going to be. You know, here's where yeah. it's going to show me that it's that it's a satellite or whatever crossed like the middle part of it blacked out that star as it went past. Oh, my goodness. That's and awesome. I was like, <sighs> and then it kind of stopped and spun a little bit. And then all three of the lights went whoop into one. Hmm. And then it just stopped. And it just stayed there. And I, of course, didn't have my phone because I was just yeah. taking the dog for a poop break. So, but yeah, and so, I mean, at that point, I mean, once I looked down and looked back up, I couldn't tell you which 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 it was because it just looked like a star at that point. Yeah, so 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 two things. One is uh, awesome that it blacked out the star because, mm -hmm. yeah, that, I mean, that, that just tells you that it's not just three lights. It was actually some solid thing that was, you know, had mass to it. Um, and the number lights. <laughs> And then <laughs> number two, um, I was just talking. My, so my, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna segue into my creepy ketchup, but I'll just say I was <laughs> I was out with my brother a couple of nights ago. Um, we were just like sitting around around the fire and, and uh, freezing our asses off, and um, we were talking about. I was telling him about our Capella sighting, mm -hmm. about how you know um, sometimes these things hide in plain sight. Mm -hmm. appearing to be a star or a planet um so that because you're right i mean what if it was just there and anybody looked up they would just assume it was a star right right and nobody would probably do the due diligence to say what star is that and like pull up their app or whatever and well it's really interesting because um last night when i was out um, I decided to pull out my phone, my app to look at the stargazing app or whatever. And, um, I was trying to figure out what, uh, what star was near the moon and it was Mars again. Um, and, uh, I was like, Oh, what's over here? And there was Capella. So it was really, really interesting yeah. that Capella popped up for me. And cause I haven't seen it since we've seen it. Like I've been like, where is yeah. this sucker? But I guess it's cause it's colder months. Hey, were you going to talk about your uh, your put-in moment with your meditation on top of the mountain and finding the rock? The, you, when you did your meditation on top of the mountain and you came back down and you found the freaking rock? Were you going to talk oh, about that? Oh, yeah. 
ah, boy, I forgot about that. That feels like a year ago. Um, <laughs> but yeah, a couple weeks back, my, um, well, I guess a week ago, week or two ago, my sister and I were hiking on Sunrise Peak in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, it's one of the highest points uh, in the area. I think like the second highest maybe we didn't realize it was gonna be that high i mean it was like our noses were bleeding by the time we got to the top the air was so mm. thin um but we got up there um oh no 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 no! i take that back that this was different because this is when i went by myself this was mojave peak in the uh, phoenix mountain preserves um because i went up there by myself and i went i went hiking all the way to the top we'd been up there before and you know it's, not, it's still not that easy um you do get a great view though but while i was up there i brought some books and i was like oh, i'm gonna read some books i'm gonna chill but i got up there and i didn't want i didn't want to read and so i kind of hopped down and climbed down some rocks and just sat and meditated for a while and um i started thinking about um, what's going on with life. And I was like, all right, I was trying to commune with my goddess. Her name is Bronwyn. And I was like, I want to commune with, with Bronwyn. And I would like to figure out what my destiny is because I've been having some work issues. I'm supposed to be starting a new job. They keep pushing the date and pushing the date and pushing the date. And I'm like, I just, you know, want to get in the right mindset for 2021. And, um, and so I did, I meditated and I was like, all right, uh, go ahead. I was like, give me a sign you know, that I'm on the right path, that uh, this is the right destiny for me, you know, that I'm doing the right thing. Cause like I said, I was meditating on destiny here. And um, as I'm walking down the mountain, I get to the bottom and, or not to the bottom, probably about two thirds of the way down. And I look down and there's a rock, big, huge rock, um, big enough for me to be able to put in my pocket. Um, it wasn't like crazy heavy, but I mean, it was still pretty big. Uh, and on it is written, destiny is the fruit of ripened thought. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, oh shit. So <laughs> like, was the were the words facing you? Yeah, yeah. I was These... walking and I just happened to look down and I saw a rock. It was different because most of the rocks out there are pretty brown or red or things like that. And yeah. This was like a white rock. And it's yeah, like this really looks like a, kind of a, a granity type rock. yeah and so it stuck out and i looked and i was like and you know now that's a thing around here people paint rocks and leave them everywhere and stuff like that. it's a really cool thing um but it just i mean it just you couldn't yeah, have asked it hit for exactly and i told her i said give me a sign you know that i'm on the right path that you know this is my destiny and things like that and it just says there it is right at the top destiny is the fruit of right. ripened thought and yeah so that was a really big pudding moment and i still have it in my room and i think i'm gonna next time i go hiking i'm gonna take it with me and leave it for someone else yeah but yeah that's that's awesome um i mean when you shared that it was like wow so um anything else though for you for creepy ketchup no that's been i mean you know that i've just i've been feeling good like yeah things are rolling so yeah. yep so um so my creepy ketchup is more i guess it's along the lines of like your destiny stuff um mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I, uh, I watched this thing uh, on YouTube, uh, I fell down a rabbit hole. And anyways, I stumbled on this, on this channel. I can't remember the name of the channel right now. It's like inspired universe or something like that. Um, but they had this uh, episode about, um, the third eye and they talk about how, uh, they think that, you know, the pineal gland, uh, in your brain 
used to be an actual physical third eye. Like you actually, mm -hmm. people used to have an actual physical third eye that was in the middle, kind of middle third of their eye. forehead, if you kind will. Kind of like a third tail. And um, tails. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so in just over time and evolution and stuff, it, it protracted back into the brain and became the pineal gland and that like the pineal gland is, is light sensitive. Like when they've done, you know, experiments on it and stuff like that when it's outside of the body and stuff. Um, like they can shine a light on it and it reacts. So like it's it's light sensitive and things like that. And so um, then they went like really weird into it, which it was late at night and I kind of got sucked in. But they were talking about how fluoride is uh, really bad for the pineal gland and it causes it to calcify. Uh, and so, you know, fluoride's in the drinking water. And so then I started looking into like, how to get it out of the drinking water. And what I basically figured out is, is that I need fluoride in the drinking water. Right. Um, but I also <laughs> need to figure out a way to, to calcify my pineal gland. And so I did some research on that and I came up with iodine. So I've been taking iodine uh, supplement for about a week now. And, and like I told you when we started the show, I have been experiencing a lot of stuff. And I don't know if it's like because of the iodine or if the iodine is basically serving as a placebo. Uh, and I, I am doing all this stuff myself, mm -hmm. but I am attributing what is happening to the iodine. You know, so it's, it's working as almost like a placebo. But um, so something that happened like, I guess about three days ago, it started up. And uh, I was out, uh, I, I had to drive to the store um, Actually, it was uh, it was Christmas Eve. I had to drive to the store to get something, and um, I uh, was listening to Doctor Brainard's book about Hollow Earth. Mm -hmm. And there's a part where he's talking about uh, Admiral Byrd's um, expedition that, like you know, where he traveled basically a, a, an accumulated amount of four thousand miles inside or past or beyond the poles. Um, uh, both the north and south and so they're talking about how those things are entry points into in, into uh, hollow earth so I, I had my thought like I normally do and I paused the paused the book and I recorded a video which I sent to you in Santosh mm -hmm. saying that there may in fact be portals at the north and south pole but maybe not into hollow earth but portals to another dimension or portals to another you know on, another earth or whatever the case may be and the moment that I got done recording that video, um, three buzzards flew across my path. Now, now this is not the first time that right. I've had things happen where buzzards have flown across my path. Um, so I got to the store, I got what I needed to get, and I started heading home, and I decided to test, test the theory. So all the way back home, on the way back home, I'm talking about, just some theories that I have around different things and hollow earth and just random stuff. And like, um, I'm watching the whole time. I'm watching like the sky, looking them out my left, my driver's window, looking at the passenger window. I got the sunroof, like visor thing pulled back. I'm looking all around me. No buzzards anywhere. I can't see a buzzard anywhere. I get to a point in my rambling where I say that, um, maybe there's a part of the the human race that is acting on behalf of the human race but really they're acting against the human race and these ets and uts and and whatever else are working to try to subvert that activity as soon as i make those comments i look out my driver's side window and there are three freaking buzzards so <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's just like, you know, so then like a Santosh, of course, was like, you know, hey, you should look into what buzzard as a totem means. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing a lot of that investigation. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so it's just and then so the other day, like yesterday, I think it was I was outside because it was a beautiful day here, like 54 degrees, which to you is still cold where you are. But it was right. a beautiful day here. Yeah. Um, but um i'm outside and i just pause for a moment and i just say hey if buzzard is my totem can you give me a sign well at that point in time there was this loud like loud crow that had been going for like five or six minutes and at the time that i said can you give me a sign that crow stopped <laughs> it was dead and was dead silent until i went back in the house that's crazy so kind of along the lines of your, you know, you, you know, finding that rock, you know, here I am mm-hmm. asking for a sign that, you know, buzzards are my check and balance. Yeah. Um, and I uh, get that sign. So, you know, whatever. The only other thing that I've had is uh, um, last night I did not sleep well. And it was mainly because um, I had three consecutive out of body experiences. Wow. like astral projections um and i remembered most of them i don't remember them now but i remembered them like directly exiting i remembered it um and during one of them i i was startled awake and i sensed something in the room um and i felt something crawl onto the bed um and i just said like in my mind i just said Nope, I'm going yeah. back in. <laughs> and I just I and I like Bye. I didn't even you know open my eyes or anything. I just nope, I'm going back in. And I just like went back into and then and then did another astral projection. So when I, when I astral project at night, I tend to be tired the next day in general. Mm-hmm. But I also woke up at like three fourteen in the morning and had all these thoughts and stuff that I wanted to get out and couldn't go back to sleep. So. Uh, nitro cold brew for the wind tonight um, for for this recording. <laughs> but yeah, so that's my creepy crazy catch up. Times, crazy times, man. Which you know is perfect segue into our interview with Kyle Cadell, man. I'm super excited. Uh, he is the uh, owner of the uh, uh, International Paranormal Museum and Research Center. So uh, we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break. But when we get back, get ready for an awesome interview. You've heard us talk about all the amazing books we've been able to listen to on Audible. Everything from fiction to sci-fi to true crime and more. Audible is the leader in the audiobook industry with a library of over 200,000 audiobooks. Start listening now by going to fearscapepodcast.com slash audible. Hello there. My name is Sam. And I'm the man with no name, Lance Wayne. And we're the hosts of The Antagonists, an all-villain podcast. You can join us every other Thursday for a new episode as we discuss all of your favorite villains from books, movies, and more. Are the villains you love to hate really as wicked as they seem? Tune in and find out. You can find us on all major podcast platforms or join us over on fearscapemedia.com.
thank you guys so much for sticking around and joining us back. We are getting spooky with Kyle Cadell of the International Paranormal Museum and Research Center, the man with the plan from Somerset, Kentucky. Thank you, Kyle, so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. It's good to be here. Right. And now, like we had said earlier uh, on the show um, and a few episodes back, I got an opportunity to come down there and you were so gracious. Uh, Even though you guys were closed at the time, you still allowed uh, me and two of my friends to come in uh, and check the joint out and talk to you for a little while. And I I mean, we had a fantastic time just chatting with you. I wish I had just recorded that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, hopefully it wasn't too embarrassing. That was during our remodel. So Mm -hmm. it looked a little rough at that point. (laughs) No, I like that kind of stuff because I'm like, I see the way y'all don't get to see it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it was cool. It made me feel like all special and stuff. But yeah, it was really, really cool. I, I... you know, and we'll talk about it, but I just wanted to give you kudos again. Even in the midst of this remodeling thing, I was still massively impressed with the collection, massively impressed with the way you have it separated. And of course, I love that reading room. That's my favorite spot. Awesome. Yeah, me, me too. I, the one bummer about like having the library at the museum is like, that's all my good books. Like, I don't have any of my good books at home anymore. You're like, dang See, it, I got to stay the night at my museum just to read tonight. Yeah. See, you need to have people, you need to, like, set up some sort of, like, a, a book donate program. So then people can donate their paranormal books to you, and you can put those in your museum, and then you don't have to worry about reading. Yeah, especially them. if it's a double of one you already have. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, I love that. I love that you allow people to hang out there and read through those books. It's just, man, you're such a gracious person. And I love that because, you know, we get a lot of flack in our community of being kind of standoffish and they don't understand how absolutely community centric we are. And that kind of like church, we want to spread the word. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's an amazing like I'm in a spot where I'm allowed to have this incredible library and like buy these books that I would obviously want to buy anyways, but now it's for a purpose. And so it's so incredible to be able to like, I don't know, not to be too immodest, but like be a beacon of knowledge in the paranormal stuff. (laughs) Well, you absolutely are. I wanted to give the quote that's on the museum. I love this, that the quickest blurb about your spot is a small museum space dedicated to spirits, cryptids, aliens, and everything else that goes bump in the night. And you guys do. I mean, you have everything from serial killer stuff to to uh, just crazy books and Dybbuk boxes and Bigfoot stuff and aliens and ghosts. Oh my. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, We try to have a little bit of everything, even if it's stuff I'm not into, like I want to have something that like, no matter what you're into, at least there's one thing that will stand out to you. you know? and, and I love that. And I love, especially for the people like me that are into all of it. I'm like, oh, cool. Because yeah. I've been to like a serial killer museum where they have just like paintings and toenails and that's it. It's all just serial killer stuff or all like just a haunting museum or just an like I've been to the Roswell Museum and it's all just, you know, that. And so it's nice to get a little bit of everything. And um, it's... <laughs> It's just, it's a sweet, cool spot too, man. It's just, it, I'm like I said, kudos to you. Awesome. Thanks to you so All much, right. man. Well, now that I've blown an ample amount of sunshine up your ass, let's get rolling. And uh, <laughs> wanted to ask you kind of how we ask everybody is, is how did you get into all of this? Like, what was your first experiences that kind of made you go, man, the paranormal is, is interesting, cool and or real. It's where it's at. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
So I grew up here in Somerset, Kentucky, and it's a super small town, especially when I was like in high school, there was nothing. It was a dry county. Yeah, it was so back when it was still even... dry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there were, there's still like, you know, crappy restaurants. We're just now went wet, like, I don't know, six years ago, eight yeah, years ago. Yeah, it's only been about six years. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's just, finally we're having, you know, restaurants and breweries and, and you know, that kind of stuff facilitates art and like other going ons as well but you know when i was in high school there's none of that at all so we <laughs> um i grew up watching stuff like uh star trek and x files and unsolved mysteries and stuff i've always loved amen that. um and then when i was in high school i had this friend zach and we both got super into like ghost hunting shows just started you know taps or ghost hunter yeah. just started and we got super into that and living in this small town there's absolutely nothing else to do so <laughs> we started ghost hunting and like we were pretty skeptic like we're always like zach and i have we're always obsessed with this kind of stuff but pretty skeptical on it all mm -hmm. and then like we started ghost hunting and about three months in we had enough activity that like we had definitely believed like the kind of the linchpin to that was we for Halloween we actually took one of our friends out on a ghost hunt uh basically just to freak him out like we had been doing this for a few months and uh like you know didn't a couple weird things happened or whatever but like on this night basically we we're just messing with our friend and like go to the downtown cemetery here and uh we had a camera die like we're doing an audio recording and this camera had brand new batteries and every time we tried to take a picture it died in this one spot and like on the recording you can hear uh zach say kyle i don't think it's going to take it so <laughs> fast forward to that night we're listening to the auto audio recording from it and as soon as zach says i don't think it's going to take it a fourth like female or young child voice comes in and like mocks him says gonna take it Ooh. and like we're like all right this is pretty freaking weird we don't have an explanation for this but then on top of that within the next week uh zach and myself both at our own houses in our own bedrooms heard that exact same voice say our names Wow. <laughs> yeah and so like mine was like four days later like it was three o'clock in the morning i was about to go to sleep and like from the doorway i heard kyle it, and it was the exact oh, same voice and it freaked me out and the next day i told zach about it and he was like uh that actually happened to me two nights ago <laughs> wow so wow yeah. well <laughs> That's kind of... i was just gonna say i was sitting in, in, in um in my house this morning and i couldn't sleep and i was just like playing around on my phone and something that happened to me that has never happened here is a voice said my name and I'm I'm not I'm not blowing smoke here. That like I didn't even think about it, Stefan, when we did creepy catch up. Yeah. But uh, that's like never happened here. A voice has never said my name in this house before. So it's and interesting. I've always that, said that's my weird thing is my whole life I hear my name called and I have an odd name. It's Stefan. There's not a lot of people named Stefan, so I always turn. <laughs> and I cannot find a phenomenon for name for it where you hear your name called all the time. Yeah. But I mean every day I hear my name called. It's weird. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, and that's so personal. Like, yeah. it's definitely spookier than like hearing "hello" or something. Like, yeah. I mean, that's like, that alone yeah. is weird. But yeah. watch the toilet, like, whatever. Hey, <laughs> you know, hey guy, like you know, that's, yeah. you know hey big guy. You, that's what I get. Unless, unless your name is Guy, you know, that's not personal. So. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, but I can definitely agree with you. Uh, I think I shared this with you that my good friend who's librarian over at the Somerset Community College, she moved there mm -hmm. in 99. And so I have spent a lot of time there since around 98, 99. Um, lived there for about six to eight months for a while. And her home is absolutely the most haunted home I've ever been in. Um, and anytime I would go for a walk in that neighborhood, she lived over near Ohio Street. It's like, it just everywhere you go in Somerset, you feel it. And so when they first mentioned it on Hellier that Somerset was this crazy place, I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, I never really thought about it, but yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially growing up here when it was, you know, when you're a teenager and you're looking for things to do and there's not anything, like, mm -hmm. this place sucked. And like, there was no mystery or intrigue or anything. Um, but my friend Dan Dutton, who's an artist, he's involved in like our Penny Royal podcast and everything. Mm -hmm. He has this quote where it says, uh, a place isn't interesting until you start looking at it. Yeah. And that's so absolutely true about Somerset in general. Like, this is a freaking weird place. Oh and like, God. even when I was into yeah. weird stuff, I didn't notice it as much as I do now, you yeah. know? And it's like, I've gone back with 2020. I can think about, cause we used to just go driving around like through Burnside and stuff like that. And I can just remember how eerie that is. And then, you know, you're not far from like the Cumberland Falls. And I remember going out there and feeling like that was crazy. Yeah. There's that old amusement park that's just all defunct. It's just that whole area, oh, Stearns yeah. and, and just that. I've got a friend of uh, our friend Santosh who's on the show. He he was at the museum with us. He's got a friend that's lived in Stearns forever and ever and ever. And that place is haunted as I mean, that whole just little section. It's like, what is underneath them rocks? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> There's so much just energy collected here. Like so much more, especially that this has never been like a giant population center, mm -hmm. you know. And, and then so you wonder about, with Lake Cumberland, you're like, what were they covering up? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that they built the biggest man-made lake this side mm -hmm. of the Mississippi uh, in the 50s and flooded a whole town. Why? <laughs> yeah, why? What was down there? What was down? There? I'd love to talk to some scuba divers that because I know they go down there and look at old ruins and stuff at any yeah. of the lakes in Kentucky, but specifically that one. I've spent a lot of time on that lake. Yeah, several so, years ago in like 2007, I want to say, uh, Wolf Creek Dam was cracked. And so they actually lowered our lake to fix it. And Burnside, the town that they flooded, mm -hmm. uh, was out in the open like really? literally there were uh building ruins and street lamps and stuff and you could go walk through them and so that was like the craziest thing i'd ever seen you know oh god i would have loved to have seen that i've been out to burnside so many times <laughs> i would have killed to see that <laughs> i um so I, I just on a kind of related note i uh i was talking with a guy like it's been a couple of years ago and uh he remembered he when they built taylorsville lake mm -hmm. um and uh, he's like, um, they were running out of time to get the lake done. And so they allowed it to fill up with like still houses and barns and sheds and stuff like standing on the bottom. Mm -hmm. And so he said, that's why like they encourage you not to swim in Taylorsville Lake because a lot of the drownings happen because people get caught in old fence wire and stuff that was never removed. Jeez. And then it just pulls them under. Yeah, he, he said, he said though, that like when they filled it in, it was so clear that you could go out on a boat and look down and see the tops of houses and barns. Yep. I've heard that about Green River Lake as well. And you could see like an old church down there and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. The Kentucky Lakes history is fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> the it's towns so they strange. just said bye. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh man, yeah. Now I'm like looking at old pictures of the making of Lake Cumberland. I'm like, this is fascinating. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want to um, spend on that. <laughs> well, what's uh, what's what is the building that you guys are in? Where did that used to be? It used to be a post office. Yeah, it's called the Carnegie Community Arts Center, and uh, it's not actually a Carnegie building, but. Uh, Andrew Carnegie did, this is a little side bit of nerdy history, uh, Andrew <laughs> Carnegie did actually build a Somerset uh, library, like a library here in town, hmm. and it was actually attached to our high school, Somerset High School, and at the time that he built it, it was the only Carnegie library that was attached to a public, or to a school, like, anywhere. So by the time, like, he died and was done building libraries, I think he maybe made four of his libraries attached to schools. Mm -hmm. um, wow. But unfo unfortunately, in 1985, they had to tear down the Carnegie Library and like do some uh, renovations to the high school. So we don't have it any longer. And that's what our building's named in honor of. But yeah, it was, our building was completed in 1914. Uh, and it was built as the first post office in the area. Um, yeah. And it's made out of all local limestone, which limestone has a lot of energetic properties and stuff. And I mm -hmm. think that adds to the weirdness of our building. But like it, it was completed in 1914 and served as the post office till 1966. And in 67, it reopened as the library in town. Uh, and then in 2009, 2010, 2009, I believe, uh, the library moved and it became the Carnegie Community Arts Center. So we're in the basement there and it's a non-for-profit art center that has a lot of like local artists that do art shows and concerts and a little store with like a handmade things in it and a lot of cool stuff goes on there. Yeah, it reminds me of the art space at the Brown Theater in Louisville. They have that. That's I used to work for Kentucky Shakespeare and a lot of theater companies and stuff like that had offices up there and stuff like that. It was really, well, really cool. When I was looking to see where you all were, and I was looking at the building, I was like, "That's a post office. Have I ever seen a post office?" And so, <laughs> and so that's, I was like, "That's got to be a post office." And so, sure, you know, this is yeah, crazy. for sure. <laughs> um, so, well, talking about the museum there, like, how did all that happen? What what made you decide to go? Oh, I've. Uh, I mean, was it your own? I mean, we know the books were, but did you have this just huge collection? We're like. Uh, you know, and the wife's like, you need to get that out of the kid's room or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> or what? How did that well, all yeah. come about? And so the museum opened October 14th, 2017. So in 2016, like I said, we started ghost hunting probably 2004, I want to say. Um, we started ghost hunting. And even back then, occasionally, you know, we'd go to a house people would have a you know a little haunted doll or something and not mm -hmm. want it and of course we're like heck yeah we'll take that you know and so just naturally we had started accumulating this um you know collection and so like the warren it was <laughs> yeah exactly like there's they're like i don't want this freaking haunted mannequin anymore and we'll <laughs> and we were like well we'd be glad to take that off your hands you know and so yeah a lot of it naturally happened like that but you know, over the years, I'm a pretty big tourist as well, and mm -hmm. I would lo I love going to all the weird places. You know, my favorite place in the world to go is Point Pleasant, West Virginia, yes. and just like do uh, experiments there, and just even just go to the festival. You know, mm -hmm. and so it, we I started combining like the love of travel and the love of weird stuff, and like getting you know souvenirs, but also like 
going on investigations at places and getting like soil samples and rock samples and and like even finding like prints and trying to do casts of them and stuff so like it was very organic like just collecting crap from going out and doing crap you know (laughs) and then in about 2016 uh i realized that like my my friend zach and i actually were going to do a kind of halloween display uh and all we wanted to do at first was set up one display case in the lobby of the carnegie (laughs) and we met with them and they were very gracious and they said yeah you could absolutely do that but you know we have a room for rent here why don't you just set up a permanent display and you know in the beginning we both had jobs and and i was like yeah that's not really feasible but the more we thought about it like zach's no longer a part of the museum but like he he was there up until you know open basically he was part of open and like the more we thought about it it's like hell yeah we can do this and, and so i basically like took it upon myself it was my job to be there and and everything and we just lucked into rent was dirt cheap in that building and we just lucked into that situation where it was practically meant to be you know and you know since then we've been open like i said october 14 2017 uh minus the six six and a half months this year Mm -hmm. but um in that time we've had probably close to seven thousand visitors now from 27 different states and over seven different countries so it's been pretty awesome you know yeah well i mean let's talk a little bit about hellier i mean obviously you kind of got put onto the spotlight there um due to their research into looking into somerset um you know uh and i was surprised because i i was like i've been to somerset like a million times how did i you know how have i never been there um and i was kind of mad about it and so i'm like how's how did all that happen with hellier and and how has that changed things for you well yeah i want to say yeah in the beginning we definitely um did not do any local advertising whatsoever oh you can't Uh, in somerset you get in trouble (laughs) yeah exactly we were really afraid that and you know it never came but it's a very religious area Mm -hmm. and i always assumed that sometime we'd be you know (laughs) we'd be boycotted or something and i've Mm -hmm. since we've opened i've had literally two people in town like be rude about it like one was just like praying yeah one was like i'll pray for you or whatever and then the and it's like thank you you know (laughs) and then the other one's just yeah she she has like a different metaphysical pagan store that she opens about every two years up in southern indiana right across the river from louisville which is very liberal very open-minded she gets shut down constantly because these christian protesters come in and protest her and stuff like that and that's just it that blows my mind that in louisville that's happening but in somerset everyone has been very welcoming and i love that and i'm so thankful for that because we need we need you but i didn't mean to cut you off but yeah wow (laughs) yeah it's just so amazing yeah i definitely i don't know we opened in 2017 i feel like 2015 it wouldn't have been feasible like even back like five years ago like the community i think would have ran us out but Mm -hmm. just enough has changed since then but yeah we um part of the museum even before we were open uh i used to always go to conventions and i love that kind of stuff like the festivals mothman festival and everything and uh 
Kentucky's lucky to, lucky enough to have something called CryptidCon. Yeah, CryptidCon. We were yeah. supposed to go to all these things this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had already paid for most of my tables and stuff. It's like, ah, oh, crap, you know? <laughs> but yeah, CryptidCon's one of the best conferences I've ever been to with this kind of stuff. They have amazing guests and just amazing topics and great vendors, including myself, you know? <laughs> and like, it's it's always awesome to go and the first year that they had it i believe was was 2017 and i got to meet greg and dana newkirk there um and like hey i'm starting a museum blah 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 and we talked a little bit and it was awesome and then uh the next year like the museum was already opened and like i got to talk to greg and dana more about you know museum bro stuff yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> right we got to you know get to know each other a little bit more and um like talk about somerset and everything like that and plan eventually we have this convention we're trying to plan that may or may not happen in our lifetimes Mm -hmm. we're trying to do one here in somerset that will be pretty big Uh, and i talked to them about that and it you know basically it was just a nice introduction very nice people i talked about well at that time you know in 2012 greg had written that original article about the yeah. hell year, like, came yeah. and like, we talked about that. And like, that's a story I shared in my museum, even because, you know, it's an amazing piece of like Kentucky folklore, you know, right? right. <laughs> it really, really is. Yeah. Yeah. It's and yeah. So obviously, I want to be synergistic with anything that adds up to the weird stuff here in, in Kentucky, you know, yeah. and like, so we talked about that. And then, you know, hell year came out, uh, what the beginning of last year or something and um it was awesome and i talked about that in the museum and you know it was incredible and then uh in summer uh maybe late summer uh last year like greg hit me up and he's like hey we're going to be coming through town uh could we stop at the museum and it's like yeah absolutely please (laughs) uh, it's all five of them uh like greg dana tyler uh, Connor and Carl and they come through the museum and like I uh I want to talk to them of, like of course I used to live in eastern Kentucky in the town right over across from Hellier like in the same or in the next county over from Hellier and like I saw a UFO when I lived out there and it was mm-hmm. in 2012 and like I wanted to like tell them all this because it fits into their story and I mean it was cool but then they kept on asking about like cults and <laughs> weird stuff about Somerset. And it's like, right. it's like, well, yeah, I do know all this because uh, actually at the time I had just recently made this friend, Nathan, that uh, is super into local, like Kentucky yeah. story or like Somerset stories. And um, we had been going hard into the research of the weird, like cults and the powerful families and the uh, uh, some unsolved murders that happened 25 years ago here. And we we're going into yeah. that. And then out of nowhere, <laughs> freaking Greg and Dana and everyone come and they're like, so tell us about cults around here. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> and we had no idea what they were working on, but like they came through and they're all super amazing, very nice people. And uh, then he, like what, right before he left, he's like, well, we're actually going to be back in town filming something. And he still didn't even say Hellier, like <laughs> Hellier season two. He's like, we're just going to be filming something. And can we talk about it? And it's like, yeah, of course, you know. And so it just, you know, the rest is history. We I met, introduced them to my friend Nathan. And 
they tell us the crazy stories about Amy and the cult reach out mm-hmm. to them and it's like holy shit this like matches exactly what we're looking into you know <laughs> yes yes it was so exciting to hear that and um just what a cool what a cool I, I love that they kept you in the dark that makes it even better <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, just, I love yeah. like I come we off talk to Connor in a couple you know it's just gonna... it's just great and they they had nothing but good things to say about you man like it's just it's so I love that I love that stuff I love like creating more mystery whether it's needed or not <laughs> yeah 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 and like I said I I came came off as freaked out in hell it's like oh I don't want to talk about this on camera because mm. literally we're just talking about like the family's names and stuff like in our own personal research and then they're like oh tell me about this and it's like oh shit like yeah well you're you're like you're like you all get to go home but i have to live here yeah exactly right Right. and yeah i'm with you i had been to hellier before i had friends that live out in that area as well um all over that place i'd been to that gas station and stuff so it was a little close to home for me um we had just covered the kentucky goblins and when I was researching, it was like two years ago when we were researching it, Hellier just kept coming up and I was like, okay, finally we checked it out. So it's, a, it's just amazing how everything just kind of comes together. And then even, you know, with Nathan and stuff, you guys have this Penny Royal podcast. So I'd love to talk about Penny Royal. Cause boy, you talk about the most hotly like anticipated podcast. Like people were talking about on all the boards forever was Penny Royal. So <laughs> yeah, yeah hopefully people aren't too disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so very very uh, you know like let's uh so how, how would you describe penny royal to people who have never listened before yeah well it's basically so it's a one and done well there's going to be seasons of it but it's mm-hmm. not like an ongoing podcast we released uh the whole thing at once mm-hmm. in october and it's eight episodes so that you could just binge it all at once and kind of the subtitle of penny royal is the magic and mystery of place and um Penny the the name Penny Royal comes from the plateau that uh can like Somerset and a good chunk of Kentucky is on all the way to Hopkinsville you know mm-hmm. it's the Penny Royal plateau and that's uh named for the flower the Penny Royal flower that grows here that um you know a lot of especially in Kentucky people don't say Penny Royal they say Penny Royal Penny Royal uh, yeah. and it, it, it's a little bit bastardized but it's the same plant and like uh, I guess the most famous example of Penny Royal is Nirvana has that song Penny Royal Tea. And what that's about is like Penny Royal Tea, Penny Royal is known for its abortive properties. And so long before mm. abortions, like people would drink Penny Royal Tea to get mm. uh, take care of that problem, you know? Yeah. And that's what the Nirvana song's about. But, yeah, Interesting. It's very I think much they com- talked about that when uh, we went up to Whispers Estate in Indiana because the guy performed a lot of abortions there. And I remember he had mentioned they, they used some sort of tea, and I never thought about that. But, yeah, I wonder if that's the same hmm. thing. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's strange, too, that the Kentucky being such a religious state mm-hmm. that one of our biggest claim to fame is Penny Royal, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, <Yep. laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so, no. The only thing they care about more is uh, the um, the respect that they get. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, you know they don't want people to know about stuff. <laughs> well, it's like I found out recently that uh, you shouldn't really drink sassafras tea. Uh, but really? I grew up I grew up drinking sassafras tea, so why not? 
I don't remember. It was something like it's uh, bad for your health. Yeah, I've never heard that. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I've definitely had sassafras. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Hope I'm okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, we're doing paranormal shows, so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now we know. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Um, so... Yeah, it says uh, sassafras tea safe to drink. It says when taken by the mouth, sassafras is possibly safe. (laughs) (laughs) What's interesting is they 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 need they felt it necessary to include when taken by the mouth. Yeah, like how else how else are you taking stuff? You don't want to (laughs) know. You don't want to know. Someone has some large pores. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bathe in sassafras tea. <laughs> um, but yeah, I yeah. absolutely love Penny Royal, man. It, it is it was a blast to listen to. I'm excited to hear more. Uh, oh, just just you. so much fun, and you know we 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 share it to our folks, and we just I just I love I like I said this community is absolutely phenomenal, and I love having yeah. you a part of it, man. It's great. Yeah, absolutely, and even after penny royal so it it came out and like i said it's about the weirdness of place Mm -hmm. where we use kind of somerset as an example of maybe all small towns are strange maybe we're all living in twin peaks you know because here's what here's what we found in this seemingly innocuous innocuous town and like it's really resonated with people we've started a patreon where every monday night i actually just had to leave early uh we do live streams for our patreon members and like people really get involved with the research of it and like we have built like this beautiful little community of people that like well they've built themselves really that Mm -hmm. like just feel called to be well i mean and that's part of the hellier thing too is like it resonated with me long before i ever realized that they were going to come to my museum you know like right yeah it calls to you like and we've we've you know, we felt all of that. Almost everyone that's been involved in Hellier has felt that. And almost everyone that's been involved with Penny Royal, like, it feels like we're doing something real, you know, something yeah. big. So it's it's amazing, like, the gratification that we get. Like, I mean, yeah, it was a lot of hard work, but now just to be able to see people identify so much with it, it's, it's beautiful, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, we, we, we did an episode, uh, I don't know, what Stephen like five six months ago about kind of our journey so far so you know kind of like it kicked off with uh for us when we when we watched uh binge watched uh, hellier four or five times a weekend um and and then just like where it has led and 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 for us and I think this is probably true for a lot of people hellier was like a jumping off point it was it it, it got us looking at things differently um and for me you know it has led to all like i've pretty much read every book that john keel has ever written and Mm -hmm. and every article that he's ever written and so on and so forth and really i've started looking at um the phenomena as a whole not just ghosts or bigfoots or aliens or loch ness monsters but all of it together um what is it you know what is it all together and and like i said i mean for me hellier was my jumping off point hellier introduced the idea of the phenomena being all of these things together and so you know it, it you're right it, it was very much a um uh, uh inspiration if you will for uh us to continue our journey which which we uh, that's you know we do a segment on the show that 
creepy catch up where that's what we talk about is kind of our continuation of our journey, um, the, the various things that we experience and how it all relates back to everything else. And and me and my um, my photographic memory, I can easily call back up something that we talked about eight months ago and say, hey, that, thank that the rel- gods <laughs> that relates to this thing, you know, and so. Um, so, yeah, it, it's been very um, Hellier, again, has just been a really uh, a great introduction for me and I think for a lot of people um into really digging into and investigating things not just from a ghost bigfoot whatever but from all of it together well and it's been fascinating too um just from the people that we've met from you kyle to connor to alan greenfield who will drop us an email at four o'clock in the morning and just be like check this out and put it into the cipher get back (laughs) (laughs) you know and you're like oh no what is (laughs) it like it's just it's crazy the people that we continue to meet and to see that everyone else is on the same path it's it's amazing to see this you know, like we talked about earlier, it's like, yeah, a lot of times you'll see haunted museums, you'll see alien museums, you see this and you'll see that. And so you think that this community is very, very separate. But the more and more we're talking to people, the more and more we're finding out we're not the only ones that think they're that it's all related. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and even here's a small example, um, because it used to be very isolated. Bigfoot hunters mm-hmm. only cared about Bigfoot. They didn't even like the Bigfoot stories where it had a ufo or something they just discredited that you know but here's an interesting story from bigfooting in the fringes of bigfoot for literally years people have talked about going to these places where bigfoot and these other creatures are seen and what do they find but mylar balloons and (laughs) that's something that like when they go and tell the other quote-unquote serious bigfooters they're like yeah you're full of shit that doesn't matter you know like we're looking (laughs) for these physical beings but now like thinking about how important balloons are in hellier (laughs) like and they're found in all these strange places like it's amazing to think of all the evidence that was left on the table before like things were joined you know right you know it's just like we talk about um i think it was with with connor when we did the interview with connor we were talking about how if you go out on a tuesday night at 10 o'clock and you don't see anything write that down because that's still a piece of of data or evidence to say that on tuesday night at 10 o'clock i didn't see anything but on wednesday night at eight o'clock i did so what were the what were the conditions that were different between those two nights and so a lot of times people look at just what was the condition where I saw the thing, not what was the conditions that existed where I didn't see anything to try yeah. to make that correlation. So, yeah, that's that's a really amazing point or like point like that not seeing something is just as valid in this field as seeing something. You know, you go to this spot where five times out of out of 20, you've experienced something weird. So that doesn't mean that those other 15 times are meaningless, you know, that it's like, what, what is the difference there, you know? And I do agree. I, and I think that there are some hotspots and I agree with you point pleasant when uh, me, Santosh and Josh went out there for the weekend. Um, good God, we saw so much stuff. I mean, it was just like, <laughs> you know, like more than usual in a, in a matter of two days, you know, it's fascinating. And it's just, there are hot spots. and being out here in Arizona, Lord, I, and it was funny. Cause I know you were just out here too. And so we yeah. were like just missing each other at spots. We were both at, <laughs> I know. Yeah. And you ended up going to Sedona, not too much longer. Yeah. Work, yeah. It was crazy. God, what an amazing place. I had oh never been there. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I had never been either. 
there and now I want to go back up again. It reminded me of like the Gatlinburg of the Southwest, but like way more new agey. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> exactly how I've been describing. I didn't realize it was kind of a resort town. But yeah, when I tell people like, number one, yes, it's absolutely beautiful. And number two, it's absolutely incredible. But yeah, there's a little walking distance like downtown Gatlinburg. Mm-hmm. It know? looks just like Gatlinburg. It's crazy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I loved it up there. And it's like, just going to the library here in Phoenix, you know, I can remember being in Louisville at the Louisville public library and you got like one row of paranormal books here. It's like 10 rows of like 10 shelves filled with like aliens, cryptids, you know, parapsychology stuff, because it's such a bigger phenomenon out here. And people are more attuned to it because of places like Sedona, because of the Phoenix lights, because of this and because of that, that, oh my goodness, I'm pumped to be out here. And and because you're no longer in the Bible Belt. Yeah. Also true. Also true. And we did just flip from a red state to a blue state. So yeah. <laughs> I moved my brother thanked me. He said, You moved here and everything changed. <laughs> I said, You're welcome. <laughs> but no, it's just it's fascinating, man. Just the hot spots that are there. But you know, Andrea Perrin, um, the daughter from the conjuring movie, she the real life one, she I mean, she told us she's like, it doesn't matter where you are though. She says her favorite time to UFO hunt is when it's cloudy. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yep. She said she's seen more on cloudy nights than she's ever seen. And I was just I loved that. It's, yeah. She said, sing to them. They love to be sung to. And it really kind of fits along that Stephen Greer kind of uh, yeah, the three tones. Of things. So it's it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, the three tones, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, which which I did I did send uh, the the higher folks a, a message saying that you know, hey, I watched this uh, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind and Greer's talking about these three tones and hey, that kind of works with your all's three tones that you all got with the uh, the Estes session in the in the uh, railroad in the railway tunnel. So oh, yeah, yeah, maybe there's some correlation there. So being cute, yeah. Um, <laughs> an interesting side note, Nathan, my my investigation partner uh also runs something called summer sessions here in town and like he's had like it's a music like video uh program that he does through youtube and like we have a lot of amazing musicians come through somerset and he's been able to do a lot of incredible videos like he got tyler childers uh to do one in our town once and like that that summer sessions video has like millions and millions and millions of hits yeah so, it's amazing the stuff that comes through somerset because you know my friend works at the community college so she's always telling me like doug jones was there and she yeah. got to meet him and all kinds of crazy because she is madly in love with doug jones so she was like <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> so yeah we're talking about joining the two ideas of like going to the caves and like playing like literally recording some of these bands in these caves like playing the music and then that will be the summer sessions video and immediately after it's done after we've imprinted that music and that energy into the spot we'll start our own video for the patreon of us investigating you know that's a great idea when i i went to western kentucky university and there in bowling green they have lost river cave i don't know if you've ever been but yeah yeah it's fascinating. Well, you know, back in the day, it used to be like a restaurant and a, a dance club, like with big band and stuff like that. And so every once in a while, they'll do like a big band event or something like that. And I got to go down there once. And the way the music just resonates through the cave is fascinating. I'm like, God, if there's something living back there, could you imagine what they th- would think about what this music is that's just echoing through and then being like, where'd it go? 
Yeah. <laughs> well, and it and it kind of reminds me, Stefan, of when we did, you know, Dome Chance. Yes. Point Pleasant. Yeah. So we went to the, you know, we went to the the TNT domes in Point Pleasant and recorded all these like really awesome kind of uh, uh, new agey type chants and stuff and put. Yeah, them we all, even all took the out. three the three bings and harmonized it in a round, which was yeah. really cool in there. And we put it out on Spotify. It was fun. <laughs> That's awesome. The the last time I went to the uh, went to the igloos in Point Pleasant, um, we put on frequencies like just different high mm-hmm. high frequencies and like would uh try to do like experiments like where we would meditate while the frequencies were going on and like these frequency like one of them we played is like quote unquote uh resonates with ufos like we read that online somewhere oh, you nice, know like nice. but yeah we played several of these different ones and did these meditation practices and stuff and like it was just i i mean nothing manifested but it like it was a beautiful experience for us to be able to do. And like, I think that the experiments are the big part of it, you know? Well, to go back to what you're saying, like, yeah, when I started in paranormal stuff, like I was a ghost hunter. Like that's what I did. That's how we all got. (laughs) And then two years into ghost hunting, I was on a ghost hunt at our downtown cemetery here. And we saw a UFO in the middle of it. We saw this green light flying over our town. And that was, the first instance of like we're out there trying to make contact with well at the time we were sure it was dead spirits of dead people but we were out there trying to make contact with the other and then here's this contact with the other other you know and like (laughs) or is it the other other i mean that's you know josh your theory of what ghosts could possibly be always gives me goosebumps with the suit oh yeah the If um, if a lot of ghosts are just uh, entities in invisible suits, uh, <laughs> you know, like they're in some suits. sort of camouflage. Yeah, it's like yeah. Ooh. So they're like they're out walking around. I was like, I use that to explain a lot of poltergeist activity. Maybe they're coming in your house and snooping around in your cabinets and stuff and just leaving doors open. Like yeah. I do. That's what I do naturally. My wife gets on me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so if I was that, if I was an invisibility suit, I would totally forget to shut the cabinet all the time. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's, that's like it's it's crazy. I'm, I'm I'm reading this reading this book right now called uh, uh, Camo Leo or something like that. I can't remember the exact. God bless you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's it's crazy because they're in this book. The guy's talking about being um, a haunted by little men in invisible suits that come mm-hmm. into his house and like move things around and move furniture around and all this kind of stuff. So it's just crazy that I'm reading that in this book and then it would come up in this conversation again. <laughs> <Yeah>. Synchronicities, <laughs> guys. <laughs> I love it, man. Um, so uh, so we know we talked a little bit about UFOs and, and, and things like that, but um, uh, we haven't really touched on cryptids yet. Have you had any cryptid sightings yourself? Um, so I haven't seen, I can't, I, right now I can't think of an exact time mm-hmm. that I've seen something. There's definitely been, I don't know. Well, Questionable ones, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like somewhere in between a fairy and, you know, something mm-hmm. like that out in the woods. But the best, like, encounter I've ever had, um, so here in Pulaski County, there's an area of the county called Keno, and Keno's way out in the middle of nowhere, and, like, basically the only things that are in Keno are a shooting range and this uh, super tall bridge that goes over some train tracks. 
And <laughs> everyone in Pulaski County, every high schooler knows Keno because at one point or another, they've driven out to the bridge and thrown something off of it. Sure. <laughs> and so, like, I mean, I, I, I'm i not proud of this, but I remember going, <laughs> going to the back of Goodwill where people just drop off big TVs or washing machines or something, just loading the back of a friend's pickup and then driving it out to Keno and throwing it off, you know? Wow. Um, but in addition to the shooting range and that bridge, the only other thing you know about Keno is the Keno monster. And it's supposedly a Bigfoot type creature that hangs out close to the bridge and you don't want to get caught by him. But, you know, we always kind of assumed that it was a, a story made up by, you know, people that make meth out in the area. <laughs> that, you know, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, one night, uh, and this is, geez, this is probably like 2010 or something. This is a long time ago. Um, one night, we were out there and it's a new moon so you can't see anything so i mentioned that bridge you drive over the bridge mm -hmm. and then there's a little gravel road that you can take to drive all the way down to the train tracks under the bridge um so one night we were parked on that little gravel road walking down towards the bridge and we we're about a hundred feet away from our car and it's me and two other investigator friends of mine and it's a new moon so you can't see anything literally all you can see is the dark of the forest and then the light of the gravel road that we're on. And so we all have little headlamps and we're walking with them and we're out there maybe 10 minutes and we're, I don't know, probably 60 yards away from the car. It's around a bin and we can't see it. Um, and all of a sudden way out in the distance, we hear uh, something like ripping trees down, like, like, you know, whoosh, 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 just coming through the woods at a, pretty good speed and it sounded like they're knocking trees down and stuff and we're like what the hell is that and we listen for a long time we, you know we don't have guns we don't have knives we have nothing except our little headlamps and your us. wits you have your yeah, wits and our wits <laughs> which we didn't have many at that point um, <laughs> but so we hear this thing and it's definitely coming our direction and it's getting louder and louder and within three minutes we can tell that it's right almost on us so we just turn off our little headlamps and are all completely silent as whatever this thing is breaks the tree line and in two steps walks across the 15 foot uh, wide gravel road and then breaks the tree line into the other side. Mm -hmm. And like I said, we couldn't see anything except the dark of the forest versus the light of the gravel. So when this thing like burst through the, uh, the tree line. It was probably about halfway in between where we, us and the car was, so we couldn't even run away to the car if we wanted to. But, like, all we saw is this big black form. It was definitely on two feet, and it was definitely big, and it crossed over the gravel road, like I said, in two steps, and then broke into the tree line on the other side, and we listened for about three minutes until we couldn't hear it anymore. And we got back in the car and got the hell out of there. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Man. That's the, definitely didn't see it, but there was definitely, and we didn't even smell anything. And uh, so I don't mean, I mean, for whatever that's worth, but yeah, there was definitely, I'd <laughs> yeah. say it was probably at most like 25, 30 yards away. <laughs> it's a good, it's really good thing y'all were wearing your brown pants, huh? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were joking and stuff on the way out there. And then even when we started hearing it, but after it disappeared, like there was no jokes, no good times left, you know? <laughs> yeah. When we went out to, when we went out to Point Pleasant, 
um <clears throat> it was we were kind of like in the downtown area and it was pretty bright and so we decided to drive out uh, a little ways and see some more stars and so we drove uh i don't remember what, what road we drove down but we drove down this road and um found a little spot where we could pull off over to the side and um <clears throat> it's kind of funny because we we're standing there and you could see so many stars out there with no light pollution um and uh one uh say uh, our, you know Sayatosh was standing on the other side of the car <laughs> with his back with his back to the woods and he just like all of a sudden was like nope and he's just like crossed <laughs> and we all so we all stood on the other side of the car with the car between us and the woods but but there for a while we i felt like we were hearing we were knocks hearing and knocks stuff, stuff yeah. in the woods so uh yeah. we we didn't we didn't stick around very long because i mean there was like nothing out there so we just kind of hung around for about 10 minutes or so we got in the car and left so yeah and i <laughs> highly recommend we we did a bonus episode in the early days um this person and we always do listener stories where people send in their paranormal encounter stories and stuff like that well this guy sent a really long story it was a 30 minute story so i just did a special episode and it's a guy from eastern kentucky talking about his encounter with a sasquatch and some ghosts and it's fascinating i'm gonna send you the link if you ever want to get bored and you want to hear about kentucky sasquatches but it's a fascinating story um, yeah. just this guy talking about this is like out in eastern Kentucky and his family always going camping and stuff out there and just man like that's that's what I your story that's what it made me kind of think of I'm like oh some good stuff it's like scary but at the same time I'm like I want to know yeah <laughs> yeah <clears throat> what's well, like uh that that time we were out there in Point Pleasant I've got that little uh got a little camera it's a seek thermal camera and it plugs into a, a smartphone yeah. Use a use a thermal app. Oh, that's so cool. I like I, I pulled that out, was like filming the woods to see if anything, you know, popped up or whatever. It would have been really, really cool. I mean, it, you can't go back in time and make it happen. If you could, you'd be a rich <laughs> man. <clears throat> but um but you know, if you just had a camera rolling as you all were walking, you know, if you were to pick something up, that would have been really cool. So yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of that story that Joe Purdue shared with us as well from uh, Wild and Weird, West Virginia. The very yeah. similar, just good yep. stuff, man. Yep. Um, I mean, who know? I mean, really, when you think about it, um, there's there's a lot of legends and lore with the whole, really, just the Appalachian part of the country, um, which includes a lot of you know of that um, Eastern Kentucky and West Virginia and Virginia and all that kind of stuff. And there, you know, Stefan, you and I talked about it when we did, we covered our, you know, native American, uh, creatures and things like that, all the different fairy lore and everything that goes around that whole Appalachian area. So, well, and even just central and Western Kentucky as well. I mean, there's lots from when we were out at Campbellsville and places like that. It's just Kentucky is rich. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Very much. Well, we so. talk we talk about it a little bit in Penny Royal, but mm-hmm. like the Adena and other Native Americans like referred to Kentucky and West Virginia as like the abyss, basically the void where you cross to get to the other plane, you know? And like this was a super <laughs> magical, like thin veil area for them, like traditionally, you know? Wow. Well, and it, yeah, I mean there's there, and there's just so many stories. We talk about, you know, you mentioned the other earlier that so many areas are probably like Erie, you know, Pennsylvania, they all have their own kind of stories and lores and things like that. But it does seem like there is just a lot of rich history and story with the whole Appalachia area. So, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. man. It's a very, it's not where I would have chosen to live if I, 
you know, had control over that. Like, it's not where I would have chosen to grow up. I really am glad I did, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Um, well, we're running out of time a little bit, but before we go, I wanted to ask you, um, what is your favorite um, piece that you have at the museum? Like, what's the one that you're like, who this one's got the best story or this one scares me the most or this is just my favorite thing like what what is your favorite piece there so it's not necessarily even the piece that i think is the best museum piece but and it's also on topic for our conversation tonight but my absolute piece that i have um my absolute favorite piece that is in the museum is a hunk of concrete that at one point was a part of the support beam for the silver bridge there in point pleasant west virginia and it's it was donated some uh this guy jacob the carpetbagger does these travel youtube videos and stuff and he came to the museum once and someone from barbersville west virginia watched the video and contacted me and was like hey man i have this piece of the bridge my my family member uh owns this property on gallipolis where the bridge stood and he let me go down there once and i got this hunk of concrete like i want to give it to the museum (laughs) wow that's so cool see that's the stuff i like that's the stuff i like that's fascinating yeah Yeah, like i said it's maybe not the most interesting the most interesting to look at is probably either a haunted mannequin or a cursed bottle of bourbon but i think that my (laughs) favorite yeah my favorite like historically meaningful piece is yeah. that piece of the bridge that's so cool and like i said i there's so much more that's in that museum that i just can't wait for people and i don't want to give it away because you guys <laughs> gotta go it's so yeah. cool um so if they want to go check you out they can go to the international paranormal museum.com for yep. more information there that's in somerset we said right at the uh carnegie community arts center Um, as well as Penny Royal. Um, Where can they find Penny Royal? Uh, All of the places you listen to your podcasts. uh, We put it everywhere. And like I said, all eight episodes are out already. Uh, Spoiler alert, we are working on season two already. So I know people are going to be happy about that. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Nathan and I uh, and Darren just sat down last week and like went over the outline for it will be another eight episodes. And man, it's it's so freaking crazy and it expands beyond somerset and the penny royal plateau but like it goes into so many just weird things i I definitely think fans are gonna love it (laughs) that's awesome so guys go out to penny royal podcast as well click on that become a patron let's keep this stuff going man subscribe to this podcast we're big fans uh we know you know our fans love this kind of stuff so i'm willing to bet they probably already listen but if you don't Go check out Penny Royal. Get your ass to the museum. Shake Kyle's hand once it's safe to do so. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, all that stuff. But thank you so much, Kyle, for coming on the show, man. It is an absolute pleasure. I was so pumped when I got to meet you before I moved out here. And I'm glad I did. And now got to spend some time with you here. Thank you so much. Yeah, Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Uh, We're talking about next year taking a little like uh investigation trip out to sedona uh we should definitely plan that like together yes please do hit me up i'm all about i'm down my sister's a medium so she could do some spooky stuff too so oh that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) yeah we just had her on the last episode she's she's something else man and And i could probably into hiking so (laughs) i could probably make the arrangements to come out there too so don't be trying to jump in on my stuff man (laughs) 
man, this is a this is the Kyle and Stefan show, man. <laughs> Josh, you're welcome to come, man. <laughs> this is this is the Nickel Royale show, man. I don't want to be the eighth wheel, so. <laughs> but no, we appreciate you, man, and uh, we we are all about making sure we get people to your museum because, like I said, I absolutely love it. And you know, Somerset's right not far off of the 75 corridor. So it's a hop, skip, and a jump away from 75. And, you know, you're close enough to go to the KFC, first KFC. So <laughs> Exactly. And the Cumberland Falls. like And so. the Cumberland. God, I love yeah. that. Yeah, the Moonbow and all that stuff. I love the Cumberland Falls. Yeah, man. Um, but, yeah, thank you again, Kyle. Much appreciated. Yeah, thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Kyle, so much. Uh, you, yeah. like we said, you are welcome on the show at any time. We would love to. And Josh, I know you're going to get down there soon enough to go visit. Um, it's well worth going down there, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as soon as hopefully uh, things lighten up a little bit um, mm -hmm. with COVID stuff. We get down there, take a look at it. And um, honestly, I just kind of want to explore around the Somerset area. They yeah. just just sounds so cool to be, like what what else can i uncover? i know i know i know it's just so crazy to me um but i wanted to move uh so we could get out of here but i wanted to move into our listener story real quick um we had a listener uh from alabama his name is matt hansen sent in a story and uh it's a mothman sighting and it's it's remarkable and uh so i wanted to go ahead and uh put this out there to see if anyone else has had any mothman type sightings um so yes another cryptid so yeah <laughs> it is cryptid day uh but yeah this is matt hansen from alabama Hi, my name's Matt Hansen from Alabama. About a year ago, I was headed home from work and uh, I was headed down the highway and approaching uh, intersection. Uh, I saw a massive seven to nine foot long white hairless creature with a wingspan of at least three to eight feet wide on both sides swooped down from above a very wooded area on one side of the highway and flew down right in front of my car as I was doing about 55 miles per hour and it crossed to the other side where there's more woods behind the grocery store and then it disappeared. Now there was a car driving right next to me when this happened and I know they saw it too because they slammed on their brakes just like I did and they looked at me all confused as can be but never did get out of our cars and speak to one another unfortunately it was almost just too crazy to even comprehend in that moment and it just left me so puzzled the creature had so much force it was as if it was piercing the air when it came down it, it put its wings down to its side once it swooped down and it made it in front of my car and it kept them down as if as if it was just shot through the air like a bullet and was piercing the air. I've never seen anything fly like that in my entire life. Now, I went through so many possibilities of what it could be this whole time since I saw it, but I had completely forgotten about the Mothman until a few days ago when my wife and I were going through old movies and found that old Mothman movie with Richard Gere. After researching the Mothman and re-watching the movie after not seeing it for many years, I firmly believe that what I saw that night was either the Mothman, an angel, or possibly a demon. The only thing, though, is that what I saw that night did not have glowing red eyes as far as I could tell, and its wings were more like a giant bird's wings instead of an insect. Now, I live in Coldwater, Alabama, and I wanted to share where I witnessed the creature. It was on Highway 202 at the intersection of 202 and Highway 78. Thank y'all for listening. Wow. 
um, mm. immediately, I want to say, um, and I think this was pointed out to you as well, was, you know, the movie is very inaccurate for, for one thing. Um, yeah. You know, Mothman was created by a newspaper because Batman was hot at the time. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean there's red eyes. I mean, it could be if it's a species, it could be anything. If it's yeah, extraterrestrial yeah. or ultra terrestrial, it could be anything. Who knows, man? But yeah, uh, I mean, it, this it also, definitely sounds like a Mothman style. It also reminds me of uh, I think Ken Garrard wrote a book um, about the lizard lizard men mm-hmm. out in the uh, like New Mexico area. Yeah. Um, so this this also because he, he he mentions that it's hairless. Right. So this to me sounds like a lizard man type situation, more so than a Mothman, which is described as more of like you know bird type wings well this did um, as well i mean he said the wings themselves though were feathery like that they were feathered wings um so yeah who knows could have been a fallen angel <laughs> i don't know but thank you so much matt for sharing that with us you can always send in your stories to fearscape podcast at gmail.com or go to fearscapepodcast.com and submit a sighting there or click on the chat icon there there's a hundred different ways to get us at fearscape pod on the social medias um send us your stories we love them also, while you're out and about, make sure to check out FearscapeMedia.com, where you can check out all of the Fearscape Media Network shows, uh, and uh, just you know, get on, get on out there and listen to all the other stuff that's out there. And uh, we just love you guys yeah. so much. Thank you guys so much for just taking us through two great years, and we are ready for year three, man. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Again with the threes. Again with the threes. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, Josh, let's go ahead and get out of here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Josh, thank you as always for joining me on this amazing quest of ours. And this has been Stefan. I will catch you on the flip side. This has been Josh. The truth is out there. And remember, folks, hold those blankets extra tight because things tend to get spooky when you're listening to Fearscape. Good night, everybody. Good night. I'm so glad you were able to join us for that horrifying discussion. I hope they didn't frighten you too much. (laughs) Tune in next week for even more research into the nightmarish and haunting creeps and spooks that we tell ourselves don't exist, but we know they do. Make sure you have your blankets that you hold them extra tight. Next time on Fearscape. <laughs>